thank you today that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that you have in store for us. But we thank you for your presence today. We thank you for Holy Spirit. God, we give you praise and give you glory in this house today. We say blow, Holy Spirit, flow through us today. Let your fire be fanned in our hearts that we become ablaze again for you. God, we give you praise and give you glory for it today in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him the ovation of the morning. Will you do that? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. Appreciate you being in the house of the Lord and worshiping God with us on this morning. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Amen. The working of the Holy Spirit. How we need the Holy Spirit in our lives realize today how important that the Holy Spirit is, the working of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only part of God that's still here on the earth with us. Think about that. The Holy Spirit's the only God here on the earth with us. Fathers never left heaven. The Son came and He went back to heaven. Now God the Holy Spirit is here with us. Amen. And uh, he's still desiring and still working. Uh, we, we may not see too much of it yet in this um, in America, in this American church, but I promise you that the Holy Spirit's at work. So I promise you Holy Spirit is at work in this last day. I believe that we are going to see a re-emergence of Holy Spirit operation in the hour and the day we are living. Amen. Glory to God. Because the church cannot exist without Holy Spirit. The Christian cannot exist without Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter what title you go by, what label you go by, where, what your parents were raised up in, or what you were raised up in, but everybody needs the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to uh, slow down a little bit. I've been kind of preach teaching, but I'm going to go down another gear today. Is that all right? I'm going to go teaching today because I want to... Uh, bring a foundation and understanding of the working of the Holy Spirit. God the Father gave us the gift of His Son. Amen. Jesus gave us the, great, the gift of grace and of love. And the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, gave us the gifts of the Spirit to be in the earth today. And so, if they are not in operation, the gifts of the Spirit are not in operation, then we are not fulfilling the work of God in the earth. I know you say, well, that's a brazen statement to make, but it is a true statement. The gifts of the Spirit are to be in this last day church. I want you to look with me for a couple of scriptures here today. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 and 23, it says there, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, meekness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these there is no law. These are the fruit of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 8, we find the gifts of the Spirit. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, 
to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. These are the gifts of the Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 4, in verse number 11, he gives us gifts to the church, and he says, and he gave some to the apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers. Why did he do that? For the perfecting of the saints, to do the work of the ministry. Amen? So, I want to talk to you today about this balance between the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Because, you see, if you take a cake and it has, you, you look at, uh, look it up in the cookbook and it tells you all of the ingredients that are in the cake and you leave out one of the ingredients in the cake, then you cannot expect to get the desired result in the end by shortcutting or by leaving something out. It's the same here in the kingdom of God, in this church. When we leave out an ingredient, it causes the final outcome to be ineffective. It causes the out final outcome, the final result will not be what we desire for it to be. And so Jesus empowered the church with three necessary components, three things that, that gifts that he has given to this lost and dying world so that the church can be effective. Number one, he gave ministry gifts. The apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of ministry. Then he gives us the spiritual gifts and he gives us the fruit of the Spirit. If we do not have all three of these gifts working and operating within the church, then we will not see the results that Jesus said that we can have. And so, eliminating one of these is not optional. It's not an option to have, you cannot pick and choose what you want and what you want to leave out. You must have it all. Say, you must have it all. Aren't you glad that we serve a totality God? Amen. Because look at this. We see these elements are not optional because all of these ingredients together identify us with Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ to the world. When we have these operating in our life, when we I told you the other day that, that we are not... Uh, the body of Christ in and within ourselves. We are a part of the body of Christ. Right? Right? So therefore we have to, we have not discerned the gift, the body as we should have and because of that some of you are sick. Right? We didn't discern the body. We, did, we, we are lacking because we didn't discern the body. And so I submit to you today that none of us within ourselves is, is, would be called the body of Christ, but we are a part of that body of Christ. And so we need this, this, these gifts of the Spirit operating in our life, in our church, so that we can be uh, with Jesus Christ in His nature in his character in his attributes and as we are with Jesus Christ then we represent him to the world he works through us amen and so the fruit identifies us with Jesus Christ and so fruit is a uh, fruit a fruit tree bears the type of fruit for which, from which the tree is in other words, what I'm trying to say is this, that you can say you're an orange tree. And you can even be, it can even look like an orange tree. And you can even be in an orange orchard. 
But if the tree bears apples, it's not an orange tree. It's an apple tree. Isn't that profound? A lot of folks are saying, I'm a Christian. Come on now. Even in the church, but we're not producing the fruit of Christianity. Amen. And so we're known not by what we say we are, but how are we known? By the fruit that we bear. Right? And so we have to bear fruit. Fruit of the Spirit enables us to be. Right? The fruit of the Spirit enables us to be something. While the the gifts of the Spirit enable us to do something. So we have to have the fruit so we can be, but we have to have the gifts so we can do. And the gifts of the Spirit are for us today. The fruit enables us to live a life of character and the nature of God. But the gifts of God, the gifts of the Spirit empower us to do the work of God. And so these gifts and these fruits are working together. Gifts are at work in Jesus' life. And for us to do what Jesus did, we have to have the gifts working in our life. Amen? And so, I want to look here today at, uh, I don't know that I gave the media this 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 verse so you might want to write it down jot it down maybe this will help you you say I need some Bible for that I'm glad you asked Exodus chapter 28 and verse 33 you can actually start in 30 and go through 35 but I'm going to read 33 and 34 today it's talking about the priest when they go into the holies of holies on the day of atonement amen and they went behind the veil that was rent by Jesus Christ when he went on Calvary, tore the veil from the top to the bottom. And the priest would go into the holies of holies on the day of atonement once a year, you know that. And he would go in with this particular garment on, his garment that said that he was a priest. And uh, they, you, he would go in there and they could not see him, but they could hear him. They would tie a rope around his leg and if he ceased to hear something going on in the temple, they would pull on the rope. If it was dead weight, they would pull him out. Because you could not go in defiled. You could not go in with sin. Is anybody thankful for grace? You didn't, you, you didn't, you didn't, the priest didn't go in and have defilement in his heart or in his life or he would die in the presence of God. And, but this is how they knew if he was still alive because on his garment in verse 33, and upon the hem you shall make pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet. All around it's him and the bell of the gold, of golden uh, between them all around he said, and golden bell and a gaunt pomegranate and a golden bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of the robe all around. So remember, the other priests could not see him, but they could hear him. If these bells would cling to, begin to make a noise while he was sprinkling the blood, and if the noise ceased to go on, then they knew that he was dead and they would pull him out. As long as there was noise, there was life. When it became quiet, the priest would be pulled out. Whenever the power of God is in operation, there will always be a noise. Amen? When the power of God is in operation, there will always be a sound. Pentecost had a sound. Amen? sound of right rushing mighty wind cloven tongues of fire they, there was a sound that was released that day that they had not heard before in the earth 
Amen. I talked to you last week about Ezekiel and the valley of dry bones, and there was a sound as the bones become began to come together. Right? There was a sound. God isn't offended by noise. People are offended, but God is not offended. He is not offended by the sound. He's not offended by the noise. Amen. Between the bells on the bottom of the high priest's garments were sewn these pomegranates of different colors. One bell, one pomegranate. A bell and a pomegranate. A bell and a pomegranate. All the way around the hem of his garment. Because if there was the, the bell and the pomegranate would be side by side so that the two bells would not cling together right because if the bell hit the pomegranate then it would make a harmonious sound that as they begin to uh, make their own separate identif uh, identifiable sound that would hit the, the pomegranate and it would make a harmonious sound all throughout that would let everybody know that the priest is still alive the blood is still good amen and that the work of God is still going forth and so we see bells are a type of the gift of the Spirit. Bells are a type of the gifts of the Spirit. The pomegranates are a type of the fruit of the Spirit. Are you with me? The gifts of the Spirit make a noise. The fruit of the Spirit is something that, that is buffets between the two gifts so that it does not make a clanging sound. Now, you're looking at me funny, so let me try it like this. He said, even if you have a gift, but you have not love, you're as a sounding brass and a clinging cymbal. So if we all we have is the gifts operating but don't have the fruit operating, we're just making a bunch of noise. Cling, cling, right? But when it is an operation as it is supposed to be an operation with, with the uh, gifts and the fruit working together, then we have a harmonious sound and a, a spirit-filled sound that will fill not only our lives but fill the house of God. Amen. And so the bells are there for a purpose. It's the gifts of the Spirit. The pomegranates are the representation of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, we don't have time here today, but I challenge you to write down 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. And go home and read those three chapters because it tells us chapter 12 deals with the gifts of the Spirit, the divine empowerment of God, the energy of God, the Holy Spirit at work. Then you go into the chapter 13 and it deals with the fruit of the Spirit. It talks about the divine love. And then you go to chapter 14 and it deals with the fruit and the gift working together that brings about this harmonious sound, this spirit of unity that is taking place as the gifts and the fruit are operating together. And so Paul says those who boast of the gifts but lack the fruit is profitable to you for nothing. Right? There exists a need to balance the power and the personality of Jesus Christ. The power and the personality. We've had this thing out of kilter. Uh, and, and years gone by, all people wanted to talk about was the power of God. Now all we want to talk about is the fruit of God, the love of God. But the love of God without the power of God is not, it's not there's no balance in that. Amen. And so therefore, we're not seeing the fulfillment of what God wants to have in His church. So there has to be a balance between the power of God, the personality of God working in us. 
many churches today, even in evangelical churches, are opposed to the gifts of the Spirit. Someone told me even this week, they said, we, we uh, had uh, went and checked out and visited a church. They were, tell, they were telling me, actually, it was a person that had moved from here and, and went somewhere else, uh, uh, moved because of the work and and uh, they were looking, still looking for a church. And they said they went to a church and they asked them, they said this one question, are you, are you spirit-filled? Do you, do you believe in the gifts of the Spirit? And they said to them, we believe in them, but we don't practice them. We believe in them, but we don't practice them. I thought that's quite interesting. At least they know what they are. They believe in something they don't practice. I think there's a lot of Pentecostal churches that are in that same place, but we just haven't verbalized it. We believe in it, but we're not practicing. But how many believe it's time to practice what we believe? Amen? It's time to practice what we believe. Because there is an a imbalance of the, the gifts and the fruit, then there is a uh, judgmental spirit against the gifts of the spirit because if you get this out of kilter and out of balance then if the gifts are not producing fruit then people will look at it and say that 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 what what good is that what use is that and then there's a judgment that comes and as the judgment comes then it quenches the spirit of god it reduces the gifts of God operating in our local churches. Amen. But how many know that God wants us to have both the fruit and the gifts operating in our lives today? In fact, this is what he said to us. He said in 1 Corinthians 14 and 39, he said, Wherefore, brethren, covet. covet earnestly these gifts desire the gifts now we can look at that um, we can look at that in two different ways first of all we can look at that individually and we can desire to be used of God in the gifts of the spirit that he desires for us to be used in desire earnestly these want God to use us because this is what how many remember I told you that Jesus came to the earth and he came legally he came through a man he took on the form of man but the Holy Spirit did not take on the form of man so now he must have a body to work through so when the Holy Spirit comes in us to live on the inside of us and we release that gift of the Holy Spirit in us then we must desire earnestly the gift of the Holy Spirit to flow through our lives. But greater than that, going back to the understanding that none of us are the body of Christ in and within ourselves, but we are all the part of the body, then I believe that Paul is speaking to the church here, and he's saying not just individually, but church desire earnestly these gifts. Amen? How many understand what a powerful time it would be if we were to come in here and every Sunday, every Sunday, every service, that the gifts of the, all nine gifts of the Spirit, operating with all nine fruits of the Spirit, with all the, the five-fold ministry and operation, my God, what a time we'd have. Sick people would be healed. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Huh? The gift of love, joy, peace, long-suffering. All operating together in the house of God. It, it, would, be, it would be something that, that, that we wouldn't be able to hold everybody. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Not in that kind of atmosphere. Not in that kind of presence. Because when we come, needs would be met. When we come, people would get answers to situations 
that they don't we don't have the intellect within ourselves but but a word of wisdom would come a word of knowledge would come the prophecy would come right and we would see the fulfillment of God working in our lives hallelujah we like miracles we like inspired sermons we like moving mountains but we must realize that the signs and the wonders are only a means to the end and not the end within themselves the gifts of the spirit should be producing fruit of the spirit the Lord doesn't want the gifts in operation in our lives or in the church but let us have all things to be done to, unto edification everything must be done to build up others and ourselves spiritually right do gifts build up Christian character do they have solid uh, do, do they have solid qualities will their results last they will if God has balance in all that we do amen God stresses balance in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. He shows the balance and he says to us in chapter 12, covet earnestly the best gifts. Amen? Now, I'll talk to you about that in just a moment. What is the best gifts? I, 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 I thought about that for many years. What is the best gifts? What gifts should I be coveting the most in my life? I'll share that with you in a moment. But every gift of the Spirit, nine gifts, right? Huh? Somebody talk to me up in here today. Nine gifts, nine fruit. Nine gifts, nine fruit. So with every gift, there is a fruit. Is that alright? Amen. So let's look at this. Is you able to do that for me, Jordan? Okay. The word of wisdom is the fruit of love. The word of wisdom must be exercised in love. the word of wisdom using the gift of the word of wisdom without having love then you're going to come off as somebody that's harsh and they'll not be able to receive the word that you're giving amen and so the word of wisdom will produce love the word of knowledge will produce joy you have a word of knowledge it's going to bring joy to somebody's life amen if you have a word of knowledge that that you are receiving healing in your body today that'll bring joy amen the gift of faith produces peace now, I'm not just talking about every one of us have a measure of faith I'm talking about the gifts here the gift of faith the gift of faith will rise up on the inside of you when circumstances don't say nothing in the manner of you being victorious or successful another example is this Jesus is on the ocean, on the sea with the disciples, right? And the storm is raging against them. And Jesus uses the gift of faith. There was nothing saying the storm was going to quit. 
but the gift of faith operating in Jesus went to the bow of the boat and said peace be still and when it did peace came these men who were fearful for their hearts and their lives suddenly peace came to them because the gift of faith was in operation now the gift of healing goes along with the gift of long suffering one of the most favorite gifts with the most undesirable fruit but isn't it true that healing can healing can come and and it takes time for healing to come the Bible says it this way they were healed as they went right a miracle is instantaneous healing is a process amen one of my best friends you all know him uh, Pastor Jonathan Morgan he whenever I met him in 1992 February 92 I met him in the New York airport and uh, getting ready to go to Nigeria Africa and when he came down the quarters of that, that airport, I seen him as he had a briefcase on his shoulder and he was walking with a great limp. He was looked like an old man or something wrong with him. He would walk with a great limp. And I think he probably told the story here. But one day he, he went to the doctor. The doctor said, you were born this way. There's nothing that, that we can do for you. There's no surgeon that can do this, nothing for you. There's nothing that can be done. And so he, he by the, the gift of faith, began to rise up in him. He said, heal people, run. So he got him a pair of tennis shoes, and he got out, and he started running. And he talked about how painful it was running down the road for just a short ways. Then he returned and came back home. But every day he would get up, and he said, heal people, run. And as he gives his testimony, he'll tell you that he said, I don't know at what point, but I noticed that the pain wasn't there. And I noticed that the limp was gone. And now he runs marathons. That's the gift of healing. It's a process. It's working in us. That's the reason why a lot of people come for prayer to receive healing and, and, and they don't understand and because they don't see the instantaneous results I'm not telling you that you couldn't come up here today we pray the prayer of faith believe for you and the gift of healing be in operation and you go home and, and things be changed forever I'm not, I'm not saying that but sometimes it's a process and we have to lean in on the word of the Lord we got to hold on to the promise of God that that word is in operation and an effect in our lives so that that word is working in us every day. Glory to God. And so, we have to have the gift of healing. Is It produces sometimes long suffering. The working of miracles produces gentleness. I may seen these evangelists, you know, sometimes it's dangerous to get prayed for by somebody. They think that, you know, they got to hit you hard or nothing's going to happen. They'll do all kinds of foolish things just to have a natural implication, but I'm not interested in something natural. I'm interested in something supernatural. And the gift of healing Jesus always operated with gentleness. Amen. I've seen some people that said, well, you know, the Lord told me to punch you in the gut. I don't know. I, I just ain't never had God tell me to hit somebody. A few times I wish he had. Jesus worked in the fruit of gentleness. He, he would lay hands upon them or he would speak a word to them. Right? 
And as he did, the manifestation or the working of miracles would come in their life. Prophecy. The gift of prophecy is goodness. It's a good thing to get a prophetic word. Amen. Prophecy is future potential. Now, prophecy, I want to say this today, and just kind of take my time here, but some people think that if you get a word of prophecy, it has to happen. But that's not so. It's future potential. But you've got to stay in confines of what God's promise is. You've got to operate within those confines because you can't just say, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You don't make it happen, but you make you keep yourself in a place where it can happen. Amen. It's quiet up in this Presbyterian church. Amen. So we gotta keep ourselves in a place. You can't just because you get a you get a prophetic word and then you just go out running rampant and doing wild and acting crazy and all of this stuff and then you expect God to, to honor that prophetic word over your life, that's not going to happen. You've got to keep yourself in a place where the, that gift can operate in your life. Amen? Discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is faithfulness. I, don't, I, want to, I want to say to you today that this is not the gift of suspicion. Amen. I've seen the way they look at me. It's not, you know, we're not the FBI. We're not suspicious. You get after that and you'll begin to look for a booger behind every bush. Amen. Everybody will have a devil. Everybody will be against you. Everybody, nobody's, you are all by yourself and everybody's against you. Everything's against you. You get suspicious and you start operating in that thing and you, it'll be, you'll become a mess. Amen. But the discerning of all of these gifts, there's none of these gifts that are natural. All of these gifts are supernatural. If there's one of these gifts that are natural, then they're all natural. But if there's one of them that's supernatural, then they're all supernatural. Why? Because they came from the same spirit. Amen. And so this gift is given so that we can discern and this this spirit is not just to discern evil you can also discern good amen the discerning of spirits and so the Holy Spirit can help you to discern that man this this is gifted this is talented but it's got a wrong spirit amen or it can tell you that it that it isn't so gifted, it isn't so talented, it isn't so flashy, but this is a good spirit. You discern that not by what you see or what you hear, but what you are knowing in your spirit. It comes out of your spirit. Tongues is meekness. Have you ever heard of a, a gift of, uh, well... I won't say it yet. Have you ever heard somebody act like they're speaking in tongues and it's like cold water, ice water being poured over the whole service? It's because they don't understand how the gift works. Some speak to draw attention to themselves. That's not what this is all about. The utterance is given in meekness, and the meekness that the utterance is given in pre prepares the hearers before the interpretation comes. 
So whenever the gift of the Spirit is operation, it's going to be a spirit of meekness that it operates in. Amen? It can even be bold, it can be authoritative, but it'll still have that meek spirit about it. Am I making sense? Just nod your head. I know you're not awake, but you can listen to it on the iPod, podcast, or whatever it is. not the gift of suspicion it's the discerning of spirits this is of God and this is not of God and it has nothing to do with your preference it has nothing to do with your preference I've seen the spirit of God at work but because and I can I be honest with you because of the way that I was raised up, because of the what I was been taught, because of, of this, that, and the other, I build up a stronghold in my mind, and, and, and my flesh said, that ain't God. That's not God. Well, how did I overcome that? Well, I can think of a couple of times today, uh, right now, that that happened in my life, and what happened was, is all week I couldn't get away from the words that were spoken. I couldn't get away from that that I thought was not of God. But then I began to study, I began to read the scripture, I began to, to judge what was being said by the word of God. Only to realize that this was a revelation that had been given to me, right? And so it wasn't the devil. I wasn't going to say this, but I'm, I'm going to put this in here today. I, I listened to a man. I was wondering where, how come I hadn't heard of him in a long time. And so I, you know, internet's powerful. You can find anything on there. Just Google. So I wondered about this man. And I thought, well, man, he was powerful. He was great. What happened to him? How come you haven't heard him? So I went and I listened to him, and I listened to his message, and I found out why. I don't know what's happened to him, but, but his whole entire message was this: that all of these other people were doctrines of devils. And he starts naming names, and I'm not going to name their names today, but I will tell you, it, it was everyone that was in the Word of Faith. It was everyone that was using the gifts of healing it was all of these people he says if you listen to these people you're going to die in your sins and go to hell now I'm going to say this to the best of my ability some people say well what is the, the, uh, the that blaspheming the Holy Ghost what is that this is the best understanding that I have at the present day. The blaspheming of the Holy Ghost is giving the devil credit for something that God is doing. And so when you start telling people that these men and these women are doctrines of devils and God is using them, so you just don't put your hands on them people. Amen. And so what I'm just saying this today, that we have to be careful not to allow it to become suspicious. Tongues is meekness. Interpretation of tongues is temperance. Temperance is self-control. Many get excited, they get zealous. We don't have that problem anymore. Amen. But I've seen it before. They get zealous. They feel the presence of God in the house. And they start in speaking. Now, let me, can I, is it alright if I take some time? The gift of interpretation. The Holy Spirit gives a word. And, and, and he releases that in tongues and it is not understood by the natural man 
but the gift of interpretation of tongues is in the house. When the gift of interpretation, so that you understand a little better, when the gift of interpretation begins to work in your life, that you are not going to hear sentences. You're not going to hear the whole, whole word of the Lord. You'll feel His presence come upon you and He may give you one word. But when you speak the one word, He'll give you the next word. Amen? And it's, and, and, but here's what happens sometimes. I've seen it before. I'm not concerned about it today, but I just want to tell you that people would say what the Holy Spirit had said, but then they would think, well, these people don't understand. Holy Spirit shut up, but they keep on going. They think they have to explain what Holy Spirit just said. No, we just say what Holy Spirit says. Amen. Because this is the power of the Holy Spirit. You may think that they don't, we don't understand, or I don't understand, or you don't understand. But how many understand the, the Holy Spirit as I stand here today and speak this word and, and I don't know, 100, 125 people here today and, and, and what would happen is the Holy Spirit will speak to you specifically. And when that word comes, he'll, if it's for you, he'll speak specifically to you concerning your situation. So there is no carnal or human explanation needed. First Corinthians chapter 12 verses 1 through 14 that he talks to us about these gifts Paul was speaking I believe I've already told you this I believe he was speaking to the whole church as a body desire earnestly these gifts to be in operation desire earnestly these gifts to be in operation, then God or Holy Spirit gives them as He wills to each one. There's nine fruits and nine gifts. Can you see how they go together? Bell and pomegranate. Bell and pomegranate. Gift and fruit. Gift and fruit. Three of these gifts say something. The gift of utterance. The gift of prophecy. The gift of divers tongues and interpretation of tongues is known as the vocal gifts. Those that say something. Now, I told you that I prayed for a long time, God, what gift am I to desire? I can tell you today what, what gifts are operate in my life. I, I operate more in the power gifts than I operate in any other gift. But I was praying and I asked God, what is the gift of this? What is the desired gift? What is the greatest gift? And so I began to break this down and, and, and I'm not the only one that's ever seen this, I'm sure. But I believe that the, out of these vocal gifts, the greatest gift is prophecy. Why do I believe the greatest gift is prophecy? Because the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues is equal to prophecy. Many times, even while I'm preaching, I will, I will be prophesying. of these verbal gifts, I believe, is prophecy. Amen? Three gifts do something. 
the gift of, they're called the, the gift of power or the power gifts. The gift of faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts, plural, of healing. I believe the gift of faith is the greatest of these three. Because you cannot work miracles or bring gift, gift to operate in the gift of healing if you do not have faith. So the gift of faith is operating and as the gift of faith operates, then the working of miracles and the gifts of healing takes place. Does that make sense? And so that gift of faith is an operation. The gift of revealing something. The revelation gift is the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. I believe the word of wisdom is the one to be desired most of these gifts. Because as you have the word of the gift of the word of wisdom, you can also have the word of knowledge and operate in the discerning of the spirits correctly. So as I begin to pray, I ask God, God, let the gifts of the Spirit, let all nine gifts, let all nine fruit of the Spirit operate in our church. God, let it flow with liberty and freedom and have your way. God, this is your church. This is your body. This is your house. And so we desire earnestly these gifts to be in operation, right? But we desire the prophetic. We desire faith. We desire the word of wisdom above all else so that, that the body of Christ can be edified and glorified and God's word can go forth in power and authority. Amen. this a lot today because people don't preach on this today you remember I told you in the onset of this, this series that we have dumbed down the gospel and there is no discipleship taking place in the church today because we are all driven by getting people saved right and that's a good thing but because we've made the church the, the, the incubator for salvation and not our workplace, not Walmart, not our homes, not wherever we are because Jesus never intended the church to itself only, only to be the place of salvation. It's a great place to be saved, amen? But it should not be the only place to be saved. We should be getting people saved throughout the week. Then, then we bring them to the house of God and then we disciple them so they can see the gifts of the Spirit and the power of God working in their lives. So we need to desire these gifts. So let me ask you a question today. You that are spirit-filled, you that have already received the gift of the Holy Spirit, are you praying for the gifts of the Spirit to be on operation in you and in our church? And then I want to say to you that if you're here today and you have not yet received this precious gift of the Holy Spirit, it is the access into the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. It is the access, it's the door, it's the entry so that we can enter into everything that God wants us to have and everything God wants us to do. It's all right. And so we have to see these gifts of the Spirit. This is not just a natural thing that we come in and, and I don't want to keep going back, but I hope that you can listen to these messages and see that they're intertwined. Because we, we are in a season, we are in a time when operating in the flesh is not enough anymore. Using your gift is not enough anymore. It's not, your gift is not going to kill this Jezebel spirit that's loose in our land. We need the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit operating in our lives so we can undo, outdo, and overdo everything the devil has done in this earth. Amen. And so with that, we, we have to have these gifts operating in our lives. 
not so we can say we're super duper. I, I promise you this. If you, if, I'm not going to say it yet. When the gifts of the Spirit operate through your life, it will not cause you to become braggadocious. It will cause you to be tremendously humble. That God would use me to help the rest of his life. Let this be a season of the more of God. Let this be a season of the more of the Holy Spirit. 
God, I pray for every individual here today that has the Holy Spirit to stir up the fires. God calls the embers, God, that still remain to be reignited in fire in their spirit today. Let fire come in their belly today, God, in the name of Jesus, that they are not able to contain it, that your goodness and your glory will overwhelm them this morning. Glory. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father God, for those who have yet to receive. I pray this precious gift. God, you will stir up the gift of God, Lord, and let it flow out of them today. God, this is not the end. This is the beginning. This is the entrance into all that you have for us. And so I thank you today that as we step forward and God, that Holy Spirit begins to work in our lives, that your spiritual gifts will flow through your body as you will. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. As you will. God, let your gifts flow. Let the fruit be produced in us. Let us not say that we're one thing and produce another. But God, let us produce the fruit, God, that determines that we're your disciples. And that you live on the inside of us. God, I give you glory and praise for it today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.